Benvenuti nel podcast Ed Weirdos Only. Eh? No? Saluta mio fratello Luca. Ciao a tutti. Everybody's really confused right now. They're like, what the hell just happened? Well, you know, I'm the only Italian buddy you got, so you know. <laughs> no? No, I have pictures with uh, one of the guys from uh, Jersey Shore. I, have, okay. I, met, I met him in Vegas. The real, the real Italians. The ones from... Right. From fucking Joyzy. I'm afraid that that doesn't count. The real okay. Italians. So, um, I guess I'll do it in English. So, you know, welcome to the Weirdos Only podcast. We have, you know, say hello to my my brother Luca Broglio from Italy, all the way from Italy, uh, the Italian stallion. Um, oh, the, well, great to be here, of course. Of course, of course. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. You, you guys can't see, but he's got a corporate background over here. He's got. He's doing giving us a presentation. He's going to show us how to make money. Uh, you know, these days it's becoming quite natural to work also the weekend. So, you know, I'm ready if you are. Getting busy? Getting well, crazy. you know, with the whole uh, lockdown uh, and the whole smart working thing, uh, well, you know, I feel like uh, the boundaries between... Uh, uh, the, the weekend and the working uh, week uh, are now a bit blurred. How how smart is the smart working? No, not really. I think it's, <laughs> uh, it's burning me. It's causing me a bit of a burnout at the moment. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, I, I would always tell people like, you know, because you were obviously giving me the like the rundown of what was going on in Italy. And, you know, I guess at the, like at the beginning, it was so crazy. They had, you know. It was like they're having soccer games with nobody there. Like it was like, you know, I was like, oh my God, you know, it's serious. And now it's something that you see everywhere across the world. Right? Yeah. You know, it, no, it was among uh, the countries, you know, that the got hit first. Yeah? Um, but these days, I guess, we're still kind of coming to grip with the situation and it's still a bit out of control. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I was literally talking to my friend yesterday and it was like, oh, yeah, we got it in November. And like, you know, him and his wife got it. And then I got it in December. You know, it was like I feel like everybody's either at this point, either gotten it or gotten the vaccine. I'm not everybody, but a lot of people. It, it, so I guess it's getting into that, you know, herd immunity to some extent, I guess, hopefully. I think it is. But once again, uh, I don't know. We went through the roller coaster of uh, effectively uh, we got hit badly first uh, then we went into lockdown things got better and then got worse again then everybody was out at the seaside so nobody was clearing and then we came back uh, uh, in september and you know things were almost as bad as the beginning uh, and then we went from lockdown to relaxation of the rules and now starting from monday uh, it's basically another lockdown so yeah yeah but you guys are ready you got the little windows for the wine for since the plague no no or the what do you mean sorry the little windows for the wine remember the little thing ah, like yeah the... so the in the shops yeah but that man you know that's <laughs> that's putting a band-aid on an open big wound so you know but i think at least when i see everything that's going on right it's like that it's, it's obviously safer outside and I think that that's something that 
that like Italy already has, you know, the, the outside dining and all that stuff. Like over here, everybody, hardly anywhere you were eating outside. And if you were eating outside, it was just because it was like, oh, the view or something. But in Italy, you're like, everything's on the sidewalk. And you know what I mean? There's not much inside dining, I guess, to scale that there is here, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. But again, you are allowed as a, you know, as, as a restaurant, you're allowed to uh, serve clients only if you are in yellow zone. The moment you are in orange, dark orange or red zone, uh, basically you have to uh, close the restaurant before not even outside dining is an option. You guys aren't having the protesters out there? We're having the like uh, restaurants here that are like, I'm not fucking closing. Well, some clearly, as you expect, uh, because people are really uh, facing with a bit of a tough decision. Do I, uh, you know, keep the place open and I'm basically uh, do a protest and I run the risk of, uh, of, of uh, you know, sanctions and so on and so forth? Or do I close and I try to get the government support in order to uh, make up for the, for the shortfall? Well, um, my, my friend was saying she had, she had a bar and uh, she was saying like, People find it so easy, right, to say like, oh, they should just let you open. They should just let you, you know, like, they should let you be open at full capacity. But she was like, well, but if you do the math, she was like, if I open, like, I have to make this much money in order to be open, to pay the bills, to pay my employees. The overhead. Yeah, all the overhead. And people are just like, yeah, let them open. If people aren't coming, it doesn't fucking matter if they let me open. Absolutely, absolutely. You know what I mean? And that's, a, that's again, one p- big part of the protest is the fact that the government has, uh, you know, badly managed the communication. I, you know, one week you tell the restaurant owners that they can open, the next week you tell them that they need to close. close by it, the close time it, that they're... <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but by the time you, you build inventory and you add, you know, people coming back from leave and so on and so forth, then again, you need to kind of unwind everything up because... Again, for the following week, you, you're not able to stay open. So uh, the, the perfect example was with the slopes. People were expecting a, a kind of a bit of a late ski season. Um, everything seems to be well on track in order to uh, have the, 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 the owners of the restaurants on the slopes and, and all yeah. the services around that kind of, uh, that kind of uh, you know, touristic activity, if you want. And, and then literally 48 hours before uh, the, 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 the slopes were supposed to open, uh, here arrives a, a, a decree by saying that the, effectively there will not be a ski season. So that was a huge uh, loss in terms of monetary, of course, monetary loss, but also in terms of, uh, of uh, public relation, in terms of really damage to the, the brand name <laughs> and damage to the overall reputation of the, of the ski area. Yeah. Where do people ski? Is it is it in Lombardy or is it in the northern region where people go ski out there? Well, you you basically have the possibility of skiing uh, all across the Alps, starting from uh, France uh, on the on the west, all the way to uh, effectively Austria if you want a bit farther up and on, on the east. So it really depends what what, what you're up to. Well, I'm talking within Italy. Within uh, within Italy, yeah, absolutely. You have the, well, you the if you're in France, you're not in Italy. <laughs> yeah, there is always there is always the mountain where there is the border, so oh, okay. uh, you always yeah. tend to skiing. You know, oh, you're you're skiing across the border like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh that, yeah, man, yeah. That, you would upset Trump, man. You can't do that. 
You can't do that. You can't be just crossing the border like that. But yeah, of course, you have also places uh, in Lombardy where 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 I am. Uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm based in Milan these days, and therefore you you can just go in the, your own region uh, and 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 ski there. The, the mountains are not as beautiful. Let's snow right there in, in Lecco. No, right now, no. No, um, no but does it snow at all there? Or? Right now, no. Uh, Not right, right now, now no. but like at all. Like, does it ever snow there? Yeah, 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 it does. But it does? You have on the Lecco, in the, near the Lecco region, because you have the, the lake, it makes it harder uh, for, for the snow to come because of the mitigation effect of having such a large basin of, of water that absorbs yeah. the energy and so on so forth. Because well, over here, there's the, there's the, the lake uh, in Big Bear, and it snows up there. And Air, Lake Arrowhead, that's, that's where it snows up here. It's the closest place that it snows. But it's quite high up, no? In terms of altitude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lecco is relatively, you know, in the flat. Yeah. That's what I need to go Remember visit. that uh, the house? Of, yeah, of course, of course. You need to go back. <laughs> go back to you know, to Lecco. I guess for the benefit of, of who's listening, I know Ed. Uh, um, I met Ed, what, 16 years ago? So quite a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, I, last... I, mean, I, I keep telling people I'm terrible at intros. So yeah, Luca is, uh, is uh, my brother. I met him 16 years ago. I'll, um in, in high, school, high school high school in high school yeah so he was a he was our fez foreign exchange student uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and i mean i think that uh we became good friends kind of you know start start taking taking you to parties <laughs> like getting you into trouble <laughs> but, you know, you are absolutely a, a part of the overall uh, exchange experience. Which is yeah, something. I had uh, I had Paulos on here uh, like two episodes ago. I don't know if you saw it. And he was like, I told him I was going to have you on. He's like, oh, I got to listen to Lucas, you know. Nice. <laughs> yeah. He was one of the guys that like, you know, we, uh, oh, we got to tell everybody that you were, you were our prom king. You prom oh, king. Uh, that was uh, unbelievable. Like the, the complete, the complete American experience. He, you know, oh, came wow. to America. Was the prom king. You even uh, arranged for me to go out with the cheerleader. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is true. This is true. Set that up. Yeah, and you won prom king, man. You got it. You had it all, man. You had it all. Gravy train with biscuit wheels. The Italian, the Italian stallion. I love fantastic, it. fantastic. And when when did we see la, each other last time? You came for my 30th birthday party in, uh, in Lake Como. That was 30th? Yeah, that was my 30th, man. Time flies. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm turning 32. It's all right, you know. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying <laughs> that, that that was, I, I feel like that's a, yeah, yeah, I don't even think that, it, I don't even remember that it was the 30th. Damn. Let me get back. Let me get back out there. Well, same uh, same goes for me. I was supposed to actually come to the U.S. Uh, oh yeah, you were gonna come in May, no? In May, May twenty twenty. I still have the voucher from the airline company. But how many until... how many vouchers do you have now? You're actually gonna yeah, go to bank. London too. You're, you're stacking vouchers. <laughs> it's always the same bloody voucher. <laughs> Cannot use it, but it's valid until uh, 2022, April, if I'm not mistaken. So fingers crossed that by then 
I'll be able to uh, jump on a plane. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess if things are opening in Italy, you can go to Italy, right? Waiting for you, man. I have also bought an apartment since last time uh, you came. So, a, fl oh. a flat. A flat. I'm sorry. A flat. flat. I purchased a flat. So, you know, there is space on the couch. <laughs> you're, like, you're like i have a greenhouse outside uh that's nice but you know one thing that um what really made the difference particularly in the early days of, of the pandemic is the fact that i am I'm blessed with the um, with the big terrace and therefore it makes it so much more pleasant to actually be at home yeah you got a nice view well, can you see the the castle no, man, I wish I was uh, downtown. But the apartment in Porta Venezia, where you stayed, uh, that was properly located. Now, oh, yeah. unfortunately, I had to, you know, weigh the pros and, and cons. I, and I fixed your AC, remember? I know. <laughs> We're in there sweating, getting eaten by mosquitoes. Ah! Uh, that's the summer in Milan, I'm afraid. The mosquito uh -huh. is something that, uh, you know, when, I, when I, I spent about eight years in London, and yeah. that's something that, you know, I was absolutely blessed not to have the mosquitoes that we always have in Milan. I was really one of the... <laughs> oh, yeah, every summer there's, there's mosquitoes in Milan? Always, always. Oh, man. Oh, always. man. Those Porto, Porto Veneres, that's, that's where you lived, right? That, uh, that was Porta Venezia. Venezia, uh, okay. Yeah, that's where you... Um, uh, you saw the, the 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 flat there. I was renting it. Now I bought a a place a, a bit you know farther farther out. Let's put it that way. Not, not I, that much. Well, so people have an idea. Technically, you used to live in the in the hill crest of of Italy or of of Milan. Milan, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> over here, hill crest is the is the is the gay area of San Diego. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not, I mean, it, it is true, right? It wasn't like, yeah, it, yeah, it, I'm not it saying was. you're all right, people, he's not gay, but it was the like gay area. <laughs> well, it's nicer, they keep things it nicer. Is. They it got is. two disposable incomes. They got, I loved you know, it. You know? Yeah, it, it was nice. Was. That area was nice. I still remember when that guy ran into the pole and he was like, Barca. <laughs> <laughs> All the streets are like tiny. I, I remember being like in a van and I was like, how the hell is this van going to get in that street? It was like a little Uber. Remember? <laughs> I remember. I remember. remember. Oh, good times, man. Good times. I just look forward to again. I have the kind of uh, good times coming freedom. back. Because, oh, yeah. I we got to go to that spa, it. man. Oh, that's that spa. Get, get, you know, drinking some Prosecco, chilling in a robe. Massages, ah, yeah, the... hot tubs, and proper. That's also yeah. you know that's that's one of the best thing about Milan has always been the nightlife has always been, you know the cool places uh, really uh, open around the good restaurants. If you remove all that, you know I'm not just saying that there are only the mosquitoes in the summer left, but God, you know it's 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 clearly different a different vibe. No, there's only that what. Parque Sanchiano was it? Well, that was the park near near your house, no? Parque Parco Sempione. Parco Sempione. Oh, yeah. that was when you tried to lie to me. Remember? <laughs> oh, that <laughs> you was. Remember what, what are those doors? What are the, the doors? Okay, explain the concept of the doors. 
Ah, yeah. Well, Milan has as many, many uh, doors. Well, effectively, we call them porta, which is the literal translation for doors, strategically placed around, around the city. And, um, and often they take... Uh, the and, they're, and they're like arcos. So it's, so it's a exactly. big, big, huge, quote-unquote, door, but it's a big arch, right? That's like a... Kind of like an arc de triomphe. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Maybe smaller, of course. Yeah. You have a few strategically located around the city. And in the ancient times, effectively, uh, they, they were used by uh, the people, you know, with carriage or on foot uh, to get into the city of Milan. And so you have, uh, you know, the east uh, door, if you want, facing uh, Venezia, that is called Porta Venezia. And then you have the one facing uh, uh, west, facing uh, Genova, that is called Porta Genova, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Unfortunately, that doesn't work with uh, Parco Sempione. El Arco di Parco Sempione. Yeah, that was, that, I tried to trick you, so you it doesn't always work. Improvising as a tour guide. I'm sorry, man, you know. You're like, uh, that's a I gladiator. Uh. <laughs> I still needed to learn a bit the ropes uh, of, they, of the tour guiding. They can't all be Julius Caesar. Uh, that was Julius Caesar, and then that was Julius Caesar. You know, I still need to go to Venezia, and then at least at least a day in Rome, man. You gotta take me to Rome at least for a day. I know we'll you do it. I know you don't want to go, but you know the capital is always. You know, I I, I don't know. It will be probably like uh, me telling you, you know, let's go to Mexico, and uh, hey, I tell you all it. Let's go to uh, Mexico City. You're probably like, no, man, it's overcrowded. I've it's never been to Mexico City. I'm actually considering going and staying over there for a little bit, at least a week or, and then working for Mexico City. Yeah, that's a, I know it's that crazy. Nice. I think, I think the equivalent, at least for me, is, would be like when, you know, but I, I mean, I did take you and went to Hollywood. I took you to Hollywood, going to, you know, Hollywood Boulevard. I showed you all the, all the crowded places, all the, all the touristy things, and I got you the, the convertible, man. I, I, I remember the, the, the full, Mustang. Yeah, gave you the full the full experience. Very kind, thank yeah. you, mate. You drove me around in a Daihatsu. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> no, come on. The first, the, the first day, I took the rental car. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I mean, I didn't care. That that Daihatsu <laughs> was fun, man. We were going everywhere. <laughs> the mighty Daihatsu. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's still here, it's still here, but you know, uh, looking the forward to the best view that, that place. Uh, what is that? I, I couldn't even tell people how to get to that place. I mean, I couldn't even tell anybody where I was, I don't even know where the hell we were when we went up, up, up the fucking hill from what was it from Sarzana, and then we you just start going up. Remember that place that we went with the, with the little bread? Yeah, I remember the ones where I was, I was like, I was like, yacho. Giacho, fino all'orlo, and they never brought me fucking ice. Remember? He never <laughs> brought it. Thing. He never brought it. <laughs> he, he, he was That's like, fuck thing. you. It's like, fuck your ice, Americans. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's hard for Italians to understand uh, the American obsession with ice. Uh, <laughs> it's something that I saw. Uh, you, you know that, the, of course, Castaway, the, the movie with, um, oh, yeah. with Tom Hanks. You know how basically was obsessed with, with the ice. And you see the scene when he's on the plane, they found him and it's, it's coming back home and he has his glass full of ice. Yeah. Uh, every time I see the scene, I think about you, man. And that's <laughs> you asking for ice. Well, I think people also, pe for people to understand that, 
you know, I think over here, there's the whole, the whole culture of tipping and the waiter is, you know, yeah. like, you know, over there, you don't have that. So, <laughs> so the waiter can just be like, fuck off. I'm not bringing you any ice. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 yeah, I also being in the, you know, having lived the, in the Anglo-Saxon world for, for a while, I can definitely tell the difference in, in, the, in the quality of service. But it refers to everything, you know, not just the kind of uh, restaurant or, or the dining places. Yeah. It, it goes also for, you know, down to your mobile operator or, uh, you know, your energy uh, company. It, there is a level of, <laughs> there is it's different type of customer service, for sure. Oh, are, are you going to say what, what's the difference? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that typically also in a dining on a restaurant, if you try to complain, that is going to work against you. Whereas, uh, you know, in the Anglo-Saxon world, and also in America, if you, if you complain, they immediately give you, you know, 10% uh, off the, the bill, they give you a free pancake, or, you know, they make it up to you straight away. It's, it's part yeah. of the, the way they deliver the service. In Italy, you need to be careful if you don't want to find spit in your food by criticizing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or be ignored for the entire evening, you know? Oh, really? You can what, tell that there is an ambulance. What is that? Is that ice cream? Oh, the ambulance? No, I wish. <laughs> it's a bloody ambulance because clearly, you know, the situation is getting worse and worse. And so you also have a bit of a gauge, a pulse on the situation by the number of ambulances. That you hear. I remember they were doing, they were, they were, it was so like, uh, it was so morbid at the beginning, right? They had like the, they had like big fucking trucks, like full of bodies and yeah. they, were, they were driving and they were driving military trucks through the middle of Lombardy and everything. I was like, damn, what's going on? Yeah. I, I think, and, and a lot of that stuff went away. Like, like, they, I remember I saw videos of like people just dropping in, in New York, just like in the middle of the street, just, ah! And then you didn't see that anymore. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like people freaking out about like, I, I feel like, I don't know, to some extent, people are making some of that stuff up, you know? That's another very popular, you know, if you want belief that is starting to, to take place. Like, where are the bodies now? I want to know, do you know anybody? Give me a name, first name and last name of somebody that's really died from COVID. I don't know anyone, you know? Oh, well. I, I, I don't personally know anybody. I do know that there's people that say that they lost somebody to COVID, but it, yeah. I think, I think, co but it, I think, I think it's also like HIV and to some degree, right? Cause you can't die from HIV. It's like you die from like pneumonia or something like, you or know some what I mean? Complication. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of where they're like, Oh, COVID killed them. And it's like, well, you know, did he already have something or, you know, or maybe that escalated something that was going on, you know? But, yeah, right. I had a good friend uh, based in um, in Seattle uh, that effectively I think it died last year. So it was a bit of a, a bit of a shock. He died last year, really the beginning of uh, the the pandemic. So oh really? Was it from yeah. COVID? Yeah, actually. Oh really? So that was a bit of a mess because imagine you know you had to import that body and that takes a quite a bit of a paperwork, particularly during the pandemic. You know, particularly you can't even travel. You can't travel. The body needs to. You know, they were they were not sure exactly what to do. So the family got really in a bit of a pickle uh, there with the, yeah. with the whole thing. And yeah, I mean, it's very sad too because they're not allowing people to to like visit or anything if you're sick. 
you know, because you're quarantined. So like some of those people that were very sick, I mean, I think that with any any sickness, there's a big, there's a the big, uh, the moral kind of, you know, you have to, you want to have your spirits up and you want to have the mental kind of, you know, you want to stay mentally strong. And when you're like by yourself, maybe you're like, oh, I want to, oh, I wish my, you know, my friends were here. I wish my mom was here, you know, and they can't be there for you at all. Like even if they wanted to, you know, so it kind of messes with you too. That's another part of the, part of the challenge, right? Indeed, indeed. Uh, in the overall thing, I, I, you know, I was listening to your the, the podcast the, the, with your with the therapist. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I, I think again in, in these days, I'm so grateful that I started with uh, working with my therapist. What is it? Over two years ago now. So um, I'm I'm glad that you know even during the pandemic, I had the kind of you know support if you want. I even got a piece of paper saying that I can uh, physically go uh, to the to the therapist unless we're oh, really? in the red zone. Yeah, because, you know, again, it's it's part of the essential uh, services, if you want. I think it and I think it should be, you know, I think that, I agree. I think there, there's something that passed. I think I don't know if it's just California, but that it's going to mental health services are going to be um, mandatory to be covered by your insurance. Because some of them have them as like a, you know, as a as a perk or as a know. like, you know, yeah. Or or like if you get referred by your primary, then you can go, you know, instead of like you can just go, you know. So, you know, like, oh, he needs it, you know. And that's that's the problem is you go, you know, it's like anything. When you go when you need it, you're already like past needing it, right? And then you go and you're like, ah, this isn't helping because, you you know. Because you expect you're, a quick fix or something, yeah. I think you, I think people do, you know. Absolutely. For me, for me, I you know I'm I'm happy that I contribute in my own little way in breaking the stigma, particularly around my office, because uh, two years ago, yeah, two years something ago, basically, you know, I stood up uh, six o'clock, be like, guys, you have a lovely evening. I'm going to my therapist, and you could see the panic in the people, like, oh my god you know is it crazy yeah. or something you can see that but by just bringing it into the open then you see that that, that not only people you know become to they're effectively curious effectively well and sometimes they're like, like you, 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 like you said you okay yeah exactly that's the first reaction but then as soon as that fades you get people approaching you individually and be like okay man uh, tell me a bit more about it how does it work and then recently uh, you know i got a at least a couple of colleagues that they told me that they start uh, they start uh, seeing a therapist. So you know it's working. Yeah. Even for me, like I was, I I even had to break the stigma for myself to be able to be willing to say it. You know, to say that I'm gonna go. Oh, I got therapy or whatever. You know, because I would like one sometimes I would leave work. You know, I gotta go to therapy. Like you know, I gotta you know I gotta take off a little bit early. And my boss is kind of you know it kind of be like oh like. You know, it's it's hard to say like why, like you know, what I mean? it's just like it's like I gotta go, like you know, that's what I, you know, but I mean, and like I always tell people, it's like you're not every not every session you you don't go into therapy to just every session be like <laughs> like I don't just go there to cry every day, you know what I mean? It's like it, it, this is therapy here. This is what I do in therapy, you know. But you're talking to somebody, it's like if I want to talk finance. Then I'm gonna be like, hey Luca, like you know, tell me, you know, I mean, I'm gonna talk to somebody who knows what the hell they're talking about. And so if you want to talk mental health and you want to talk, you know, about what's going on, then talk to somebody who can figure that out. 
And, and the same thing with finance. Hey, you know what? This broker, I don't know if I trust them. The same way with your therapist. I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. I don't know if we're like communicating well here. So then you go and you find somebody else if, there's, if it's not a fit. You know what I mean? That's important. Of course, you need to add the kind of, uh, the kind of chemistry. That's important, uh, you know, from the therapist all the way to the way you do business. There needs to be the kind of uh, chemistry involved. Trust. Yeah, that's how it starts. Yeah. That's also it's why it's so difficult these days, uh, you know, uh, you know, do sales if you want, because pre-COVID, I was, I was so used to jumping on a plane and, and visit a different uh, European city every week. And now I need to, you know, clearly use uh, Zoom and uh, video calls in order to uh, establish. Ah, uh, so you can't, you can't use your Italian charm in person. You can't, you know. I try my best on a video, but it's clearly not the same. Thing. Are these are these Italians stopping the, the kiss now? Are you, are you stopping the kiss or no? Still doing it? Sorry? The kiss. Look. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, not these days, of Buongiorno. course. dare due baci. Yeah, I wonder how COVID spread in Italy so fast, huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. The paradigm is a bit changing. This day you get the elbow, and that's the best. Uh, <laughs> the know. elbow, the the fist bump. Not even, not even. No, you get the elbow. These days. What know. about the what about the fountains? They close they close the fountains. No, they still open. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because in, in Italy you have the fountains where you need to put your finger at the bottom, and the water comes on the top. Therefore, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> I Just remember you public, public fountains. I mean, the water was delicious. I'll say that. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. In, uh, in, uh, in, in the area near Milan, you have, um, the, the, the underground basin of, uh, pretty good water. So that's, that's what the city of Milan is, has always been using. And that's the reason for the public fountain being scattered around the city. Yeah. It's getting COVID. I don't think it's in the water, right? I mean, it's nah. The, I think again, you know, the the, the spreading is not really uh, <laughs> related to the the fountains. But one thing that's happened here that you know, compared to many other European uh, countries, is the fact that uh, the schools were really neglected, uh, and that's that's you know, in terms uh, of what they were basically among the first things to be closed, and they remain closed for a long uh, period of time. Uh, in some regions, you know, the, the kids in 2020, they went very little to school. So we are witnessing not only kind of, you know, a, a bit of a, well, a drop they're out. They're doing the e-learning. Yeah, the learning, man. In some I mean, e-learning on the like computer like this, like on Zoom. Yeah, but the e-learning, yeah, some of them are uh, particularly, you know, these days and now doing a few days in the school and a few days uh, at home, uh, doing remotely, but they've been doing the, the kind of uh, remote uh, studying, if you want, the e-learning for a long time. And that's really where you see uh, the gap between uh, the middle class, if you want, middle income uh, families and the lower income families, because the lower income family, besides the fact that, you know, the cultural level is in average uh, lower, uh, clearly there is less availability of devices, of tablets, of phones, and therefore, you had the situation where 
you know, in a lower income family, maybe the kid needs to share the device with the other brother, or, uh, you know, the kid is using the same phone as the mom. Well, they don't have internet. You really can tell. Or they don't have internet, like literally. So you, you, you can see that, you know, this pandemic has really uh, widened the gap uh, in terms of, of, of learning capabilities, if you want. Blame Ber you know? If you guys want to put Berlusconi in there, things will be different. Oh man, the man is, uh, you know, the, the man is coming back uh, at a certain point, let's say. He's been uh, seen uh, delivering a bit of speeches, uh, particularly at the end of the uh, Conte uh, yeah. that just ended. Now oh. we got uh, Mario Draghi, Super Mario now. Super Mario. So for people who don't know, Berlusconi is basically your Trump, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah absolutely. Right now. And I think, I mean, as far as the nationalism, I think it's something obviously that's going across. You know what I mean? The, the entire world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Particularly the kind of more right-wing, let's say, uh, oriented uh, political parties. But yeah, uh, it's something that is definitely, uh, when uh, around the world, the kind of uh, sovereignist, uh, uh, if you want, stream really, uh, really hit every, every country around the globe. Well, I, and I think that it's interesting to see the, the, the changes that, that were happening, you know, around the world um, that people don't really take into account. Like it for I mean, you saw like the like the Amazon that was burning. Right. And so Brazil is all, also switched very to very nationalist kind of, you know, Bolsonaro. under a Bolsonaro um, and Bolsonaro, basically what. So what was happening that people that I that I thought was amazing, like once I learned about it, because of Trump's trade war with China, then China starts opening up. And I know China's opening the whole um, what do they call it? That the whole railroad that they're trying to like the trading railroad within within uh, Asia. Um, the belt. Uh, oh, Jesus. I don't remember the Belt and Road uh, project. Anyway. Is that what? Yeah. So they're working with the. Uh, what Ukraine and all those little countries around there to kind of solidify their, their spot out there. But the whole thing that people didn't understand, was like, oh, the Amazon is burning. It was like, they're literally telling these people, Bolsonaro was saying burn it because China's looking for a place to, to, to get more beef and to import more, more things. And they're going to come to us. And if we have the space for it and we have the, the you know, we meet their demands, then it could really help our economy. So he was like, fuck the, Amazon, burn it, and let's let's get China to give us some money in the long term. You know, make more money. Uh, short termism, typical of uh, those kind of political party. I'm afraid that it's you know the 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 the, the Brazilian experience is just one. But if you look closely, you'll see a lot of uh, Bolsonaro's across the globe. Um, yeah, the the initiative of China is called Belt and Road Initiative. Yeah, you just look it up. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot what I just I had just seen something about about that, about some of the the countries they're working with and how they're, you know, like if you just think about how fucking fast they move, you know, in COVID, they were building hospitals like no business, you know, like it was like they had two hospitals up like in a week. And it was like, boom, because and again, I guess this is, you know, is the most controversial bit of the discussion is a country such as China that is able to deliver uh, such an impressive uh, economic growth and clearly lifting out of poverty so many so many people clearly also as a percentage of the overall population which is uh, significant uh, you know uh, 
clearly is not a country, it's not a democratic country, right? So you always have the... the <laughs> I guess, yeah, yeah. No, and that's what I was no, going to say. I was like, how work. Do, that's what I was going to say is how do you get a, a, you know, a hospital up in three weeks or whatever? Oh, well, slave labor, like <laughs> this country. Right there. Like, but, but, also, but also, you know, you have the kind of decisive, uh, centrally planned, uh, if you want, decision-making, which is not what happens in modern democracy. I mean, take uh, U.S. with Trump. How long did it take uh, for the U.S. government to start uh, taking the, 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 the pandemic seriously and start uh, getting the act together around the vaccinations and so forth? You know, it, it's really down, you know, you need to put this on the, on the, on the balance uh, in assessing which model works best, democracy or the non-democratic system. Because this is a clear implication, a clear effect on, on the daily life. I guess it's like what, it's like how you, the goals that you have for the country or whatever it may be, right? Because if you see like someone like Xi Jinping is like, oh, okay, he's like, he's making all these moves, right? And he's trying to like, she's trying to like better the position of, of China, and, but, but still working in a democratic way to some extent, like, you know, globally. But then you have somebody like, you know, like, um, like you have North Korea, right? Where they have all, they can do whatever it is that they need to do, you know, but they're not getting shit done because nobody's, you know, he's not doing it. And he's not being strategic about it in that way. He's being more like, fuck you, I'm gonna do what I want. You know what I mean? Oh, rocket man over there. Yeah, hmm. uh, yeah, I guess so. I guess so, but again, different countries, different, uh, different uh, again, different histories. I just wish that the North Korea story will be uh, much, much different. And again, uh, I don't know how long uh, it can go on, really. Yeah, because it's no longer sustainable. That kind of uh, that kind of closure, that kind of you know, basically having a ruler with uh, with the nuke uh, and and threatening the world to 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 you know have some kind of nuclear disaster just in order to uh, preserve uh, the benefit and wealth that is beyond. Uh, uh, what is what is acceptable? Considering that the population really lives below, well below the poverty line, if you want. Yeah, I was talking to my friend yesterday, who's uh, he was in uh, he was a marine. I don't know how much you love the military, so he was telling me how he was in Afghanistan, you know, and he was like, you know, like years ago, like this was, the, you know, probably back in two thousand two thousand four, maybe two thousand two, no, two thousand at least two thousand four. Um, so he's just talking about how he's like, man, he's like, those people, he's like, I was out there. He's like, they're not fucking with anybody. It's everybody else coming in and, and fucking with them. And you know what I mean? He's like, you know, it's Russia moving in from one direction and, you know, China and, you know, stirring Again, shit up. Uh, yeah. This is a, this is a controversial topic, but yes, uh, clearly there is a, you know, a proxy war has always been a proxy war well, among uh, yeah and obviously controversial topic I don't, I don't you know i don't want to put you in the middle you know of talking, no, right. controversial. Right. but one, one thing that was in, that's been interesting to me to have you as a friend is to have that outside perspective right of like how the u.s is viewed because i feel like a lot of americans are very much like america is the fucking best place in the world there's no place like this because they make you feel that way, right? They make you feel like, well, there's nowhere else you're going to go. You're not going to get this. You're not going to be able to carry a gun. And you're not going to be able to, you know, freedom the of speech. Is, uh, you know, is the jeans, uh, Ray-Ban and the light beer. That's the classic line uh, of, of, you know, 
what what America considers be freedom and what America wants for everybody else. Jeans, Ray Bans, and a light beer. Yeah, that's that's you know. That, <laughs> well, let, let me let me set this straight. You know, you guys uh, are the ones that drink light beer. We we have craft beer now. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but I'm talking about. Uh, but like, I know, but I'm talking Budweiser. about kind of you know Bud Light, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hope you you managed to convince them uh, to sponsor. This is uh, America, buddy. <laughs> hey, you don't don't make me tell you. We saved your ass from WW two. Oh my God! How many times I heard that? Like, listen, uh, let me set this straight. I think uh, about you know ten years ago, fifteen years ago, uh, you know the overall impression of America Americans around the globe wasn't that, uh, that that positive, really because of the attitude of wanting to give uh, democracy to other people, regardless of their kind of so, social, political, uh, you know, background and their history. Well, that was what George, George Bush? Very much, indeed. Yeah, indeed. well, actually, 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 it was Dick Cheney. Before that, absolutely. No, I'm so, saying Dick Cheney was, he was the vice president, but I don't know if you've seen the movie Vice. It's basically, he was the one that was making all the moves. George Bush was just chilling. And Dick Cheney was the one that was like making all these wars. And, you know, it, it's, it's cloaked as democracy, but, the, you know, it was, that, was, that wasn't the plan, you know. But um, I got to say, you know, uh, in the last 15 years or so, again, the perception around the America has changed. And again, you guys don't have Bud Light no more, but now you're into craft beer. And then the kind of, you know, <laughs> the world is becoming a bit of a more homogeneous place. And there is no more the kind of American dream and the, the, the need to spread around democracy and blue jeans and Ray-Bans and, and, and Bud Light, I guess. I don't know. Ray-Bans seem to be more prevalent out there, to be honest. Well, yeah. Could be, could be, but it's the Top Gun, uh, you know, it's the kind of Top Gun top. feeling. Yeah, that's what it is. They still have those, they still have those glasses. The little, the one with the little, little cigarette in there. I was like, man, I can't, I, I can't wear these lookouts because <laughs> it seems too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I got these glasses uh, actually for the uh, trip that I took uh, when I came to the U.S. Ten years after. When was it? Well, I guess ten years after. So it must have been 2016 or something. Oh, when you came? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I got those glasses for the trip. Just to <laughs> have, a, you know, written on my forehead, in this case, on my face. Hi, I'm Italian. Cheesy Italian. The cheesy Italian. Man. You know, I mean, it, I think we can, uh, we co we're covering a lot of political stuff and stuff like that. But I think that, you know, one thing I wanted to cover is... Um, and one thing, I, like my friend uh, yesterday that I had on, I've known him for a while, and just like the evolution of, of, of friendships, you know, and how they, you know, how it was, you know, we were in high school. And, but how many people did I know from high school that I, I don't talk to at all, you know? You know, that, but basically like, but even then our friendship is still different from what it was in high school. You know what I mean? Indeed. But again, I always have a very simple, uh, if you want, uh, meter. Uh, if you want uh, for for friendship, uh, it's it's no matter how time you know how much time has elapsed since uh, last time you have seen a friend. If you you see him or seeing her, and it feels like back in the days, that's still relevant live yeah. 
uh, friendship. And I got to say, the moment I landed uh, in San Diego again uh, in 2016, the moment I got in the car because you came to pick me up, I remember it was just like back in high school, chilling, getting a taco, you know. Uh, clearly, we were trying to start a prize. But the feeling was very much uh, the same. I remember very well the first time that I that that that, um, that we, we got in contact. I was sitting in a class, and you were playing a bit of a you know a class joker, if you want, sitting at the back. And I remember that I kind of introduced myself, saying, "Hi, I'm Luca. I come from Italy." Viva all of a sudden, you jump up the chair and you you blasted this "Viva l'Italia." So that, <laughs> that I saved your your number. When we were supposed to hang out as Ed Pazzo. Ed, Ed Pazzo, yeah. I re- and I remember you were like, I, I think I think that day you were like, oh, like where's the? Can you, t- can you tell me where the library is? And then you were just gonna go hang out in the library. I was like, no, this guy, what are you doing in the library, man? So like, come hang out. <laughs> you know, it was like your first week, so you were like kind of still, you know, getting getting used to everything and you know and i had you for pe i remember exactly in pe that was when it's i think somebody was like hey Ed. he's like there's some there's some new guy over there he's weird <laughs> i had the biggest beard by the way you remember i had the kind of weird anyway. oh you had the little chin strap you had the yeah yeah, yeah. and it, i mean and i guess it's, it's perfect because like you know even like just to, and that's why I feel like the name for this podcast is perfect, right? Because it was like, oh, that guy's weird, you know? Why? Because you're different. You obviously you were fucking different. You're from a whole other country, like you know what I mean? Like, but that doesn't mean that you're weird, you know what I mean? Like it just like, oh, it's different. You know, your kids are oh, okay, this guy's weird. I mean, yesterday I was talking to my friend about their brother that like got like he started doing a bunch of drugs and stuff, and it like like kind of onset his schizophrenia. And then she was like, oh, he's such a weirdo. And I'll, you know what I mean? It just turns into that. That word just becomes like very standard for like, oh, he's weird. It's like, well, obviously he's got a lot of shit that happened in his brain, you know, that it's not just him being weird, <laughs> like, you know, like he's like, there's a lot of shit there. But I guess to that point, my point is that, like, you know, even though right from a whole nother country, I mean, we were not that different, right? Indeed, indeed, indeed. And again, I got uh, the warmest possible welcome uh, in America, not just because, uh, again, I, I, I got the prom king uh, uh, crown. I still have it somewhere here at home, <laughs> yeah, wrapped, uh, wrapped in a plastic you were, bag. You were supposed to come back and present it to the next year, and you were like, yeah, right. <laughs> bye, guys, <laughs> bye. Uh, but because, uh, again, the, the year in America has been... Uh, life-changing for me. It's the moment that I understood that I wanted to have a more international career, that I wanted to be among uh, international people, that I, I was thirsty for really, uh, you know, testing the, the boundaries of the comfort zone. And, and, and really, I didn't feel like a regular Italian no more. That was really a bit of the trigger. Yeah. Uh, due to everything, you know, the American experience, the other exchange student with me, um, the trips to Mexico uh, and the Ensenada Clinic, uh, but also I went to Guerrero Negro to see the, the whales. Uh, you know, I, I did the dune buggy in the desert. Uh, I did a, a, a train trip uh, across all the American states. It was, it was really a life-changing experience. Yeah. 
It really no, that, was. I mean, it's a, it's interesting how like, you know, something like that can just completely change your whole state of mind. You know what I mean? And then, uh, it's funny because I I was talking to your dad when I was out there, and and he, he was basically like, "Those were interesting years for Luca. He was an interesting kid at the time." <laughs> oh God, like, he said that. And, yeah, I remember because I was like, "Yeah," and he was like, "Oh," he was like, "Yeah," he was he was. <laughs> it didn't seem like it was a good thing. He was like, oh, "It was it was kind of weird then." <laughs> I, was, I was like, "Really?" I was, oh, like, I was like, "Oh, I don't know if that was my fault," but <laughs> he was like, oh, "You know." It, it, and oh, that, I, that reminds me when something. you yelled at the, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 yeah, if you tell me. I was just going to tell you, it reminded me of the time you yelled at the Scientologist on Hollywood Boulevard. Oh, yeah, gosh. <laughs> Why? You, do you know what you do to people? You should be ashamed. I've done it. <laughs> yelled at the Scientologist on Hollywood Boulevard. You kill people. <laughs> I've I was done like, Luca, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, no. Come on, I, 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 I rebel. I become a bit of a rebel. I always was, but particularly when you see those things. Um, what I was about to say, yes, uh, going back to my dad, you know, uh, back before my American experience, again, I was a very Italian kid. And effectively, it was my dad that traditionally, you know, never helped me with uh, homeworks or, you know, doing school stuff. In yeah. that occasion, it was him that got in touch with the Rotary Club in order to, uh, to get me uh, into uh, doing an exchange. Was his so, idea? Was his idea and literally from, coming from the man that really need, never did some paperwork or anything in terms of uh, process and, and fill in modules and fill in forms and so on and so forth, he literally got the first application in on my behalf. Oh, that, wow. Yeah, that was, that was impressive and something that uh recently you know in the one of those father father and son moments i told him like you know i i don't think i ever thank you enough for what you did in that moment i was a silly kid clearly not not understanding how how you know what kind of impact that single thing that you did really had on my life so for that yeah i say thanks to the to the old man that's i mean and that, that's a, that's a good uh that's a good moment i mean that's a good you know i think that a lot of the times we we don't we don't communicate with our, our friends or, or our, our parents, you know, to, to to tell them those things like that, right? To say, you know, appreciate what you did, appreciate you, and you know, in general, we're always very like, oh, well, I don't want to be weird, you know. <laughs> and it's so it's so it's it, it yeah, that's how it feels, right? Because you're like, oh, it's like I don't want to be vulnerable. Uh, what if my dad's like, ah, oh, fuck off, or you know what I mean, or oh, I only did it because or, you know, blah blah blah, and then you're like, oh, now I feel worse, or you know, you put yourself in the position, but I think that we need to put ourselves in those tough positions, right? Absolutely, it goes back to the concept of emotional availability that you know you also talked in previous uh, podcast. The fact of you know putting yourself uh, in the vulnerable spot. Uh, and 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 if things are are right, you're just gonna end up, uh, you know, being enriched by the fact that you open up and 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 you would see you you see the you know the effect that you have on other people when you open up. Uh, yeah. Sometimes it's just our fear of, of being let down or being hurt by the people that prevent us from all communicating in a in an open uh, sort of way. Yeah, and I mean, I think I mean when you mentioned that year. I mean, I think that, you know, obviously I didn't go to another country, but I think that year was a pivotal year for me as well. 
you know, because I also had friends like, you know, like Paulos and stuff like that, that, you know, that were doing things and were like, you know, kind of, oh, he, they were a year older. So he was going off to college and stuff like that. And it kind of made me see like, okay, what do I want to do? And, you know, I want to go to college and I want to go do things, you know what I mean? And, hey, I want to go to Italy because I, you know, that's where my best friend lives. I got to go out there. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, like, and it really like taught me like, like, for, I, I feel like until and it's gonna it's gonna come off very cheesy and you were and I feel like you were very and that's why I used to call you cheesy Italian because you would be like you would say things right that were like maybe like emotional or something and I was like ah you're being cheesy Italian but then it kind of helped me be like more vulnerable as well you know what I mean I'm glad yeah I, I got to got to say that I, I was always the sensitive uh, kid you know I always I always kind of try to, 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 to speak up my mind because I always notice that, you know, w- once you do that, you will be amazed by the reaction of the other people around. And uh, I guess a bit of a, it's my character, I guess, but throughout the years, I saw w- how powerful it is is to let yourself, uh, you know, have the guard down and, and really be open to people. You're, you're always amazed by the reaction. Perhaps sometimes yeah. it takes a bit of time. Initially, you get the huge Italian pushback. But uh, eventually, as you see, our friendship is really uh, the proof. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> even to some extent, I'm like, I mean, obviously, to me, I had, there was no malice in like hanging out and like, you know, hey, yeah, come, <laughs> let's go, let's go smoke some weed or whatever. You know, like uh, there was no malice from me. But I guess my, my, I'm always like, I'm obviously like a caretaker, right? And I'm like, oh, hey, like once it once it was like, all right, hey, this dude's my friend. I got to take care of him. You know what I mean? And then that was like, hey, no, don't go to those guys. Like those guys are going to, you know, like stay away from those guys. Those guys are kind of shady, you know? Yeah, but remember. like, it was like, you know, like you're coming with me. I was like, oh, at least I know that I'm not going to like, you know, like, but at the same time, I was like, yeah, this guy's trusting me. And I was like, what an idiot. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's going to come hang out with us. Like, you know, like. Yeah, I had a good feeling, mate. That's at the moment, you know, particularly when you're the foreign kid in a foreign country. That's that's all you've got. I barely spoke English back then, if you yes. remember the, the beginning. So, you know, you go with the guts, really. Yeah, that's true. You really spoke, yeah. It was very different English, yeah. Yeah, the beginning, it was, uh, you know, it took me a good three months to be able to to to, to start, you know, making at least, you know, I always use this as as a, as a gauge. Uh, to better understand if, if I'm good at, well, if I did learn the language. If I'm able to say, uh, to make the joke using the right kind of words in the right moment, in the right time, that means that I'm mastering the language. And I remember at the beginning, uh, I was trying to make some jokes with you in the car and you were like, what? What the fuck did you say? <laughs> and the moment that I started getting it and you were laughing at them, I, I, I knew that I was starting to, you know, mastering the language. Where you? I I remember I saw something where like a like a foreign exchange student had like notes, you know, of like the slang, like oh sick means like cool, like or like, you know what I mean? Like, oh that that's sick, dude! Like you know, like he was like taking notes of like you know, and it was like it was so like it's 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 funny, but obviously it's also very like you know, it's very like it's 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 um I'm trying to think of like a word besides like sweet of like oh like this you know he's trying to like fit in he's like trying to like get these little words and you know the, uh, little, yes, the little slang you know like the little is the culture 
yeah. at the end of the day, it's not just a plain communication, but you need to blend in with the culture. I remember uh, at the beginning, I went to Costco to, to buy a camera and uh, the lady told me that the model that I was looking for, uh, it was sold out. And I told her straight face, oh, that sucks. And I remember that my guardian was like, dude, you don't do that. Just, you know, say too bad or whatever. Don't say, oh, that sucks. But yeah, that was, that was uh, you know, me trying out. And well, I think that's it. also an older person. You know what I mean? Fair, fair. You know, fair. like it's just being like, hey, dude, that's it. Yeah, that does that's suck. <laughs> yeah, that does suck. What do you mean? Ah, fuck. You know? Uh, but yes. And um Again, I'm, I'm I'm quite a bit uh, far from uh, from this level of, of knowledge and and being comfortable with French, but it's something that I studied oh, a few years ago now. Uh, yeah. so now I have a French girlfriend that is learning Italian, so officially I'm not allowed too much to speak uh, French in the house because she is trying to speak Italian. Therefore, I feel like I'm losing a bit of ground here. <laughs> you got to try to learn your French. Yeah, well, I, I did learn French when I started working with the, with the Moroccans back in uh, uh, 2019, 2017, actually. Uh, I started having um, uh, uh, basically a client in Morocco, and that's where I started to learn the, the language, uh, the French language. Well, that was it's... tough, man. I went, from, I went uh, what was it, three times a week uh, to class in the evening, and uh, uh, and uh, two times a week, I had a tutor coming in during my lunch break. Uh, so yeah, it was it was a good tough first year. I remember doing homework basically every night. Really? Yeah, it just was to, it was learn fun. French. Yeah, because but first of all, it's something that you know it's a language that I always liked. But I also, I mean, I always witnessed that the following mechanism, if you want. Every person, when you speak their own language, it clearly becomes easier. They become more friendly towards you and so on and so forth. But this is particularly true in the case of French speakers, because the moment that you don't speak the language, they, you know, they, they are not really that kind of welcoming in having the first conversation. But if you show, if you show them that you do speak French, all of a sudden it's night and day. You know, they were like, "Oh wow, Lucas." Bonjour à tous, je suis Lucas, je parle français, ma copine est française, et bon, voilà. Si, si, senor. That's one of the biggest regrets, by the way, the fact that Spanish? in my, yeah, in my year in, uh, in the US, I did not learn Spanish, and that was it. Well, you were learning English, you, you, you're... You 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 uh you're too hard on yourself, man. You're like you too you know I was learning English. I should have learned another language. You know, it's but, like, yeah. but but you remember my friend Martina, no? Uh, we, we Martina Benedicti. Exactly. So she she went to uh, Coronado, and uh, she learned Spanish too. Yeah. So, you know, she did it. Why didn't I do it? Yeah. I mean, I. I definitely got to go back out and visit visit her too to go. I want to go to the Genoa and and see that. You know, she's gonna take you around. Take on me the sailing. Take me sailing. <laughs> she says she's gonna take me sailing. Oh, <laughs> you've never been sailing. You must. You must. It's wonderful. And I was like, ah, you know, not this year. <laughs> Taking the year off. <laughs> now nowadays actually exactly these days my sister julia my my little sister 
she she bought together with her partner a, a old sailboat. So now they're putting it back together because it was mm. a bit neglected and so. And so he forth. works on boats, right? He's like he has exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. So. Uh, so, you know, next time you come to Italy, there might be a sailing boat around. If Martina doesn't doesn't welcome oh, well, you on board, she, I will. If she has a nice boat, bring us around, you know, let's take the boat, you know. And you, and you have the, um, so I, that, that was, I guess my question was, where the hell were we when we went up to the mountain? We were eating those little, uh, ah, little breads in Sarzan. I know, I remember Sarzan, I was at the bottom. Bravissimo. The name yeah. of the place is... Giucano. Giucano. I have um, it. Look, look at it. Look at it. I have it on. I have it on my phone. Look at it. Google look. Map. No, no, no. Oh, the, the picture. Know, the picture. Yeah, it's amazing because you're all the way up and you see the valley down. Yeah. But there's so it. like there's you could see all the hills in the back. Like I was like, wait, how much did we drive? I was like literally looking. I look at this picture all the time. Like we because we did drive a lot. Remember we were like forty the road, minutes. The road was closed and we went around. And we were like, Luca, where are you going? Look, <laughs> like, I think I'm going the right way. You're like, I think. No, you were like, I think I'm going the right way. <laughs> well, you know, it's a bit in the sticks, clearly, but totally worth it because what we had were the sgabei fritti, the little bready, uh, puffy things where you stuff them with the. Uh, with the with, with the prosciutto ham and it uh, was it like cream cheese and yeah exactly and the pickled veggies so yeah <sighs> good stuff good stuff but stay if anybody goes to Italy stay away from panino gusto stay panino away panino gusto uh, <laughs> remember uh, how disappointed uh, you were <laughs> oh yeah I'm gonna get the burgers how much is that what why expensive why because of the packaging uh, and um and the kind of you know designer but it was a lot it was, it was like a lot. 80 dollars for three yeah. of us yeah it was it was lot. like a dinner i was like what the hell for sandwiches yeah but if i if you recall i think we were hungover and that place was just in front of my house so you yeah. know that was <laughs> i think what i mean one of the best is just because obviously it's like very american was the the spontini milano See, the thick pizza. Yeah, yeah, very cheesy pizza. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. But now, then the, the quantity of Negronis that we, we, we ordered was, was significant, my friend. Huh? Ne oh, yeah. I mean, uh, well, well, you know what? And out of all the places we went for pizza, the best pizza, at least I think for me, was that first yeah. night, the first night. It was, I think it was God, Godfather's or something. Ah, we went to Pizzeria, Antica Pizzeria da Michele, I think. Was it that? Mm. It was in Milan. We, wa we walked there. Or no, we didn't walk. We, we took a little car. It was the first night. It was like, it was a, a, literally, you were like, oh, let's go. And then you ordered three pizzas. Small, I mean, thin crust? Though, yeah, or? yeah, yeah. It was just, uh, you, I think we had like a, um, a margarita and, and sí, I think yeah. we got a different one. I think it was Antica Pizzeria da Michele. I think it was too. Old school, old school, old school place. But yeah, yeah. love it. He said the. He said, he said the. Since I don't show my uh, facial emotions as much, you know, when you were like, oh, when it took you to the rooftop bar, I was like, oh, okay, like I was like, nice, you know. You're like, ah, I got you. You're like, right. <laughs> I was so glad because that moment, I I promised Ed to have a rooftop bar experience, and and it, it you know, he's 
basically it was the first thing that he asked for as soon as he landed so i was glad that to, i took i took you to the it was so random too i was it was like a, it's like at the top of a museum right yeah correct and there's uh, you, there is the overall view of parco sempione and you see the skyline uh, at the back and we had the uh, spritz i remember spritz Very sunny oh, day. that's another thing we had a bunch of negronis that we probably had more spritz than negronis thank god uh, quite it was, frankly it was summer it was summer it was oh summer. no i had the uh um negroni spaiato exactly remember you were like oh we, i'm gonna get you a negroni spaiato so you can go to sleep and we could call it a night and i was like give me another one give me another one <laughs> oh donna you were non-stop my friend that was um you know how long have you how long did you stay because we did my birthday then we went to probably discover milan a bit we went to lerici in the ligurian we coast. probably did like four well because we left we went we were in lerici i think for a day or two and then we went then to we florence. florence went to florence but we went to florence like it was just like boom back and forth well we went like in the middle of the day and we came back at the, in the morning the next day you know oh that was good too the the, the steak and then the burrata fiorentina oh yeah bistecca da fiorentina that was delicious yeah ah uh, yeah next thing that i need to show you is venice i had the privilege yeah. to go at the end of the first lockdown so there were no tourists and no italian people outside of the venice region it was fantastic it was so calm and quiet that there were dolphins in the grand canal yeah i saw that i saw that there was the swans are going in there and everything I mean, and it's not really pollution either, right? Because that's what they were saying, like, because people, oh, the water's so clear because blah, 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 it's not dirty. But it's the, like, the floor, right? From the, the dirt getting kicked up from all the boats that are going back and forth, you know? Absolutely. But one, one big problem that Venice uh, has been having for the last few years is the fact that you have the big tourist uh, ships, the big crews coming in, docking mm. at the port, and then you have in inflow of people just you know again overcrowding the city and really testing its facilities taking the pictures and then they don't even stay in the city they go back onto the boat and so there was a big controversial thing about they should pay because the tourist tax is quite uh, high yeah, if yeah, you come yeah, on yeah, a cruise yeah, yeah. you don't pay because you're not staying the night so there was a, a, again each of the ship contains you know thousands of people uh, therefore it's, it's quite a bit of a strain puts a bit of a strain yeah well but that's that's the economy of the city too right i agree i agree i agree but one thing is whether you know you go down you go around the, the little uh, streets uh, you buy a slice of pizza and an ice cream and you go back onto the boat one thing is you know you go there you stay a few days in a hotel you just made me think you just made me think of the gelato the Vietti in florence <laughs> expensive most expensive gelato ever Oh, uh, well, you know, you were yeah, like, I'm, I'm drunk. I want some gelato. And he's like, oh, you bought it. He's like, the edgy, the edgy. <laughs> you know, the place right here is 250. <laughs> yeah, no, I, well, you know, it's, it's the curse. I'm afraid of, of the touristic city. Uh, unless you, you know your way around uh, quite well, you're going to. Remember the lady yelled at, yelled, yelled at Danny because he went in there to use the bathroom and he didn't buy anything. Maleducado! <laughs> well, that was already a polite word, you know, could have been worse, could have been worse. I guess. I mean, I don't know why business, that's a, that's a universal thing, right? We're like, oh, don't just come in here to use the bathroom. It's like, who, who cares? You know, everybody's got to pee, you know? 
I know, but here, you know, there is, uh, I don't know. I don't I'm know. Saying, I think it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's, it's here in America. You know, they want, oh, you walked into my business. You better buy something. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. Pickle gum, sir. We've all been in the situation where like, dude, I got to pee, you know? So, you know, can't be yelling at people. You were right, by the way. This this kind of uh, hour flew by. I, I now get it why people can do three hours with you, like without blink. <laughs> yeah, see, like, just, just start talking. See, it's good. It's, it's, it's and you know what? I also noticed, like, like even with my therapist, even my therapist said it. He was like, you know what, dude? He was like, he's like, you got me to, you got me to loosen up. He was, you know what I mean? He was like, that, that's good. He's like, you got me to loosen up because at the beginning of the podcast, if you hear all my therapist, he was very like, well, you know, people don't understand that the molecular, but and I was like, dude, shut up. I was like, you're getting, because it gets, it's getting too crazy, you know, it's, instead of like very more practical, you know, and talk to people like, hey, you know, what's like you said, like you're going to your therapist and, you know, and I think it, it just opens those doors, right? To, for people not to take it as like like it's like a ser so serious I guess to some extent right it's like you said just talking oh what what's wrong what's wrong like wow why are you going to therapy you know it's just talking at the end of the day and again uh, you see I think I think now that I look back and uh, and I see the kind of uh, you know how how I guess my my thinking and has evolved in the last two years and how much I was supported. I can see really see the benefit of it. Like, you know, certain frames, certain certain mechanisms become so apparent and you become much more self-aware of what you actually yeah. think and how do you feel about certain things. So, so I and you're I, the one kind of coming to these realizations, but now you have kind of some of those tools to put shit together, right? That you're like, oh dang, like is this why I was doing this? You know what I mean? Like is this why, you know, because sometimes those tools come in handy. Like for me, it's like, I'm really good at like reading a room, right? And that's why, and what, so what I did stand-up comedy is like, oh, I can, I can see kind of, you know, people's emotions and whatnot and, you know, kind of how, oh, let me, let me be who I have to be for this room. But a lot of the times that come, well, at least for me, it came from like, you know, when I growing up, my dad was sick. So like, if I came into a room, I had to figure out what was the energy in that room of who I needed to be for that room and not be who I just wanted to be. I needed to be who I needed to be for that occasion. Situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so obviously that doesn't serve me anymore because that, you know, like my dad's not around and I'm not in that situation anymore. But mentally, you put yourself in that situation, right? Like, oh shit, who do I need to be for this room? Instead of like, I'm gonna just be myself. You know what I mean? Absolutely. 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 So we'll ask you the question. I obviously, you know, you uh you were a foreign exchange student you don't have to be but you don't have to be the that that was the weird time but i don't know if you've heard the question is like hey when was the time that you felt like a weirdo it could be at work it could be you know with your family it could be like you said when you're being vulnerable and being cheesy you know so like you felt like oh man like this this is making me feel weird or people are you know making you know acting like i'm weird in the situation so Oh, particularly, you know, again, I guess, uh, I guess uh, one particular situation in which I felt weird were the early days when I, when I was living in London and I started making friends in the, you know, and in, in the Anglo-Saxon world. One thing that I would do, and almost, uh, you know, uh, immediately when, 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 I, when I met somebody, when we had a few drinks and, 
and then we start talking and so on and so forth, was really to uh, get people together in my place. So a lot of times, you know, a classic example, we finish working, we grab, we go to the pub to grab a pint or so on and so forth. And then after two, three, I would say like, you know what, guys, it's Friday night. We're not going to get in in any pizza place or anywhere without a reservation. Is it, is it if you go like in London, you the pubs close and then you have to go like i think you're the one who told me like then you have to go to like a bar or then you have to go to the club if you want to go later or whatever. indeed indeed so you think that london never sleeps you are absolutely wrong you need to know the place where to go and each 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 time if you want uh, each slot has the place to be if you want and not in a kind of cool way but literally if you want to have a pint you can have it from you know any time in the day clearly until 11 o'clock but then you need to go to a, a bar that probably closes at two and then from two you need to take it i saw a, i saw a map of how many pubs there is in 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 the entire uk and it was like <laughs> so many uh yeah really? well that's 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 the, you know, it's the equivalent, I guess, of uh, the bar here in Italy where you have the espresso and you have the people coming in. Uh, and, you know, it's the, the kind of coffee it's a social spots. pillar. Yeah, it's a social pillar, really. So uh, yeah. going back to the question, that's why oh, I felt weird because, again, people were not expecting to get an invite in my place with another group, other group of people that perhaps... You Is know, that something that doesn't happen that, that often? No, it doesn't. So I've always been pointed out as kind of weird funny guy that does that but but then once again i made so many good friends and that's it, weird because it it's more you're being hospitable right like hey yeah come to my place like let, indeed. you know indeed indeed but in the anglo-saxon world it's it's fairly hard to get an invite to someone's place and when i was inviting these people you know they were colleagues or people that that that, that you know acquaintance rather so i would take the group and march the 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 the, the band uh, to to my place where we get i don't know that delivery pizza or something and uh, just chill really literally at my place and i always had this kind of feeling of wanting to bring people together and very often i do uh, at my but, place and so what were people like did you did people tell you like hey that like are you did you feel weird when you were inviting them or what what was it that made you feel weird I guess in that uh, was that they kind of afterwards they told me like like you know like look at this is uh, I saw at the beginning a little resistance but then again that's the beauty of the Anglo-Saxon world in the, this situation that I just depicted after three four pints they are really loose in as much as you know really booze is the way in which they open up therefore. Yeah. At the beginning, after three, four pints, I would suggest to, to go to my place. There was a bit uncertainty in their eyes, but they, they were just keen to go with the flow, perhaps because of the beers. What does and this guy want me to go to his place for? What is no. You're going? You're going? It's just, just not to, you know, like, yeah, yeah, it's all of us. It's not a, you know. Just me and you. You and you, exactly. So relax. But the weirdest thing that has happened is when I've, I was living in Milan, in Porta Venezia, and there was this uh, bunch of British colleagues and um, I reserved for them a table in the in the one of the bars where we used to hang out in front of my place. Yeah. And they didn't have a table for uh, a 30 minutes, 30, 40 minutes. So instead of sitting out just outside in the cold, I told them like, look, why don't you guys come upstairs and live across the road and we'll grab one from my fridge while you wait for the table to be ready. And, and they, were, they were frightened to, to come upstairs. And I remember distinctively uh, one of my uh, British colleagues sitting on my couch without taking out the jacket 
So he stayed 30 minutes in the house with the jacket on to, to tell you how uncomfortable that made him. Really? Insane. I've never seen something like this. Hey, that's weird. Yeah. So, you know, I felt weird. He probably felt weird. Uh, yeah. It was a very weird situation, I guess. It's, it's, so, it's so weird. It's just like little small cultural things, right? It's like, oh, what's that about? You know what I mean? Indeed. But now that I have a British passport, I can tell that, you know, in some ways I'm also one of them. Now, oh, now you're part of the problem. Now I'm part of the problem. <laughs> my background and the other, you know, hats, I guess, are part of the solution. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, I think it's it's great that you kind of, you know, being able to bring different cultures and learn about different people. It definitely, I think it's good for people to, to see something like that. And, you know, if there's anything that you, that you want to add, you know, here at the, you know, I don't want to, I know you got, I know you got dinner plans. You're in a whole nother, you know, time zone right now. So right now it's morning here, but it's, it's not for you. Anything you want to add? I think, I think we had, I think it was a great, great, great episode. I think people are going to definitely take value in it, you know, and, and see, seeing the perspective of somebody, you know, outside of the U.S., um, educated person, somebody who's, you know, well-rounded and kind of understands the, the, the nature of the land. And also, like you said, self-awareness and, you know, someone who's continuing to explore and, 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 and look for growth, you know, so that, that's, I, I definitely appreciate you sharing, you know, that type of stuff and being vulnerable with me for a day, you know, for for an hour i know i know you were you're like how long are we gonna record oh my god <laughs> you, know? you know i sit in this room monday to friday about uh, you know not 11 hours a day i was like oh my god the screen again <laughs> on a saturday oh jesus but no it's been uh, it's been a very uh, a very uh well it's been really uh, a pleasure to talk to you um what i really look forward besides you know uh, me coming back to America and 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 visit and and having you uh, coming back to Italy again to to visit. What I again I dream perhaps uh, in, in in some kind of a not so distant future is for us to uh, be able to do something together business wise. Yeah. Now I'm clearly stuck in you know not stuck in 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 some uh, in some job, but I'm trying to think what's the next career move that I need to make. Uh, particularly having lived and worked in the UK, back in Italy um, now for uh, almost uh, uh, four years. Now I'm really thinking, processing, okay, what's next? Yeah. And um, I hope uh, that in the future there will be a, a collaboration with Ed Pazzo Rodriguez. Yeah. You want to start a business? Do it. We'll, we'll, sell, we'll sell crepes and, and tacos. Whatever works, man. Whatever, Whatever works. works. No, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of opportunity there. I think we're. We're two, we're two very intelligent individuals. We can get something going, you know? So thank you everybody for listening. You know, Luca Broglio, not Luca Brazzi. So they don't, they don't think you're from the, from the Godfather. Luca Broglio, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, the Italian stallion. Thanks everybody. Grazie a tutti. Ciao.